0: Welcome to A Runner's Life Podcast. In this episode, I'll be in conversation with two different race directors. Firstly, I'll be talking to Matt, who's a co-founder of Run Through, which is a UK-based series of races for varied distances across the UK. And then I'll be talking to Sam, who's a co-founder of Ultra who organizes a series of ultra races in various locations across the world, including Mexico and Jordan, to name a few. This is the second race directors episode following the first conversation which I had with Hugh Brazier, the event director of the London Marathon events in episode 13. As runners, we feel a range of emotions right now as races are postponed or cancelled. However, this episode will give you a good insight into what race directors are thinking and experiencing during the COVID 19 situation. I've got to shout out uh, Martin, who's also known as In Search of MJ on uh, Instagram, for giving me the idea for this podcast. If you've got an idea for a show, please get in touch with me on my Instagram at themarathonmarcus or one word. Please subscribe to catch our weekly episodes. If something resonates with you, please share online and leave a rating. Thanks again. Your support makes this episode possible. Thank you for downloading. Welcome back to Runners Life Podcast. How are you doing? All right. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Thanks for joining me today. Um, I'd like to introduce you to the listeners. You're the co-founder of uh, Run Through, a UK-based series of races uh, of varied distances across the UK. Um, can you give us a little bit of an introduction to your company and how you got started?
1: Yeah, well, um, Run Through was started by myself and my business partner Ben Green. We were both runners at Loughborough University. We used to race against each other over the eight hundred metres um, on the track, so we knew each other quite well from that perspective. And then we um, both moved to London, and we, uh, we met up for a coffee. of actually it was a beer and then we had a chat about uh starting a, an events business together and we ended up starting run for events in 2013 now so it's been a while but and then from that first event we did at uh, Bushy Park which was probably it was our first event that and then probably about 10 events that first year and then now okay. we're up to 100 and I think it was 150 last year and uh well because of Corona, we've probably had a, quite a lot of our races cancelled, so we can't do as uh, more this year, but yeah, we're hoping for 170 in, in 2020. So, um, yeah, we've progressed quite a bit from the start and... It's uh, amazing growth, really, yeah. Yeah.
0: So um, you started off as a quite an accomplished runner yourself, uh, both you and Ben. So how come you made the switch from sort of running into uh, events?
1: Yeah, well from my perspective, it, it wasn't really my choice from switching from running I, I would have kept on doing it at the same level um as long as I possibly could, but it, it wasn't for me really. I and it got injured in about two thousand and nine and then I left, moved to Australia, um worked in various things but um worked for Great Run in Australia, did different things for different different companies, um, and working in nightclubs for a while as well. So I was I was had my own nightclubs in Melbourne and then I had them in Leeds as well so I was doing events already and then Ben was still competing at a decent level at running and then his career kind of took a bit of a downward turn Um, and he kind of thought right I need to get into stay involved with running but um, we met up and had complementary skill sets so we kind of thought let's do events. Fair enough so do
0: you sort of go to a race but don't have to name it and think you know what I could do better than this and is that how these sort of ideas sort of started or was it?
1: Um, I, I suppose when we first did it, like there was no one really doing it. Like it, it was kind of there was club races where you had like road races which we competed in, and I often helped out, volunteered at those kind of races as well. Just kind of wanted to be part of it. And being from an athletics background, like growing up in athletics at a running club, you see that the coaches, the the officials, the chairman, and the the board of athletics clubs are all volunteer based people. So it's I've been brought up around that atmosphere and then when it was 2013 there was a few organisers starting to do running events and I was watching it thinking these guys aren't runners they don't understand the intricacies of what would happen with a running event like you see some races around like fields zigzagging up and down and I was like why are they doing that well why don't they look at the the wider picture and look at the, the parks and the locations and advance it a bit more and when we got to- talking about it Ben and myself we found all these different areas where we can advance into, and. could and it happened.
0: I mean, from running your races, from experience, I mean, you guys do have, like, a great vibe about you. And I can see why a lot of people come back. I mean, what's the sort of general feedback from your customers and other runners that you get?
1: Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a bit of a, a wide question. But, like, I, I, the feedback normally, hopefully, is, is positive. Like, we go to these events. And when we first started it, we didn't really think it would be what it was. And within, like, a couple of events, we noticed that there was people coming back regularly. So we realised it was more of a community-based thing than it was necessarily about having a race where you had a winner and a top three. It wasn't necessarily about that. It was about everyone turning up together to meet people, to make friends, to run in different areas as well, around London initially. Um, so, yeah, it was. the feedback is, is good. And hopefully the people that come to the events enjoy it because we definitely enjoy putting them on.
0: Yeah, that definitely comes across. And uh, what you said about community kind of reminds me a little bit about Parkrun. You guys have a kind of similar type of vibe. Although running is the main theme, it's about community, as you say, and getting people involved and getting them to sort of come to different races. So I guess you get to see the same sort of people and same sort of races, the same sort of locations every so often, I imagine.
1: Yeah, like Parkrun's a great example of, and Parkrun's around before we started what we did. And in a way, Park Parkrun's kind of an inspiration in terms of, and bringing people together as communities in different areas. But one thing that we, I thought we could add to it was a more consistent level of community in terms of what we could add to the people's lives that come to our events. So I know, park when you meet up on a Saturday morning, everything gets set up, you run the race, you go home. But we thought maybe there's a bit of a wider approach to it. So we started a, a free running club on a Monday night in Clapham. And we, had, we actually started off with two running clubs in Clapham and Brixton on a Monday and Wednesday. And we were working all hours as well as working our full-time jobs to try and make sure those clubs went well, the events went well the weekend and we're trying to think about building a London-based community which yeah. it kind of happened um, like, and, and we're at the point now where we've got so many races in London that it's really obvious um, what we do. So,
0: Yeah for sure and uh, when you talk about uh, community right now is a really challenging time because obviously races are postponed and things like that what's I mean, are there any sort of positives in terms of like ways that you can sort of
1: carry on that community sort of spirit or? Definitely. Like, like we've noticed that a lot of people, obviously, they come to an event, say it's a, um, Hyde Park, for example, and uh, we can get 500 people to come to that event on that day. But what's happening now is people that can't necessarily make that day can do a run virtually. So it's, it's not the best Scenario, and we know fine well that meeting someone in person is nowhere near the same as meeting someone online. I, and a lot of you guys, maybe listening to this, have friends on Instagram and Facebook that you probably don't see or even meet at all. And you know, when you do meet them, you have more in common. So we know that the most important thing is to be in contact with as many people as possible at these events. And it's difficult in this situation and climate where the opposite is happening. But I think people are sharing their, their runs, they're their getting out more and exercising more by themselves, which I think long-term might be a good thing for not just like the health of the country, but also for the running community as well to have lots of new people who find out that they actually do like running and then they might come and do a race and challenge themselves and they might meet a new friend there and it might escalate from there. So I always try and look at the positives and situations. And I think that's one of the major things that could come out of this.
0: So that's quite interesting. You've spoken about the virtual races and I appreciate this current situation is having an impact on your bottom line. So you're looking at that, and also I've looked on your website, and you also you've launched a um, sort of a, a clothing line as well, a running clothing line. So um, it looks like you're exploring some different opportunities. And, and can you just talk us a little bit through that?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so the virtual running has obviously been forced upon us. It's not something that we would have launched uh, without that. We've had it in the background for a while. We, we started it in 2016, and we had some medals that we made up and thought people might join in virtually with the events. But what we realised quickly that people don't want to do it virtually. People want to be there in person when they can. But now the situation is they can't. So it's, it's, it's something that's necessary right now, I think. Um, not, not just only for us as a business, but in terms of the people that come to the events as well, to still stay, to stay in touch with people that they're in contact with regularly, like friends, family, mental health, all that stuff's involved in these events. So having these people come, and talk to us and interact with each other is so important about virtual events and in terms of the kits that's something we've been kind of building for the last year it wasn't planned to be launched this way it was planned to be launched at one of our multiple events during the week and have a stall there where we could sell it but needs must and we want to get the kit out there so we've launched it and um but to put all that kit together in that amount of range it hasn't just come overnight it's taken way over a year of plotting and planning and samples and designs and everything to get to this point now so it's kind of fortunate that the kit's actually arrived uh, with us in hand over the last like two weeks where we've been able to kind of turn it around but we've had the, the photo shoot done back in november time december time so we could get the photographs up online as soon as possible so we've been prepared for it but um it's kind of a good time it means we can put more attention on it Um but again our, our core business is running events and putting those on so um it's we can't do that currently so we have to do what we can yeah that makes
0: sense now looking at sort of current events Tokyo Marathon was one of the first the events that had was impacted by the corona in terms of coronavirus in terms of the elites only being able to run it and general runners not being able to run it um now what's been the the knock-on logistically um for your races this year
1: so we have like between two and five races per week so we're we're always kind of putting events on so for us there's a lot of cancellations happened and then a lot of postponements as well because we organize a lot of series is that a word series um <laughs> multiple events that we um have the same event at the same place on a regular occasion so for us it's kind of we're going to do it again in November time anyway. So it doesn't really affect us in that sense. But well, there's some races what we have that are uh, larger scale events that have road closures, councils involved, a bit a bit more different to the London-based park run events can we do. Yeah. So we, with those events, yeah, we're having to look for alternative dates to arrange things with councils to make sure we do that, um, reapply for road closure applications. Lots and lots of intricacies involved in in postponing an events and finding a right date and not only is that happening, we've got to try and cope with everyone else doing the exact same thing as well. So there's going to come a point in time in the future where there's going to be a lot of events that have been postponed on the same day and people are going to have to choose between these events. And then it's going to impact quite heavily on the race organisers, which could cause some trouble later down the line. But um, for now, there's not much we can do until we get more information.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. There there being a bottleneck, really. So... Um... I mean, I guess you're in contact as well with other race directors. I mean, what's their sort of general thoughts and about it? I guess cause no one really knows, but I mean, generally what their sort of general predictions or based on what's yeah, happening well, now?
1: In terms of talking to other race organisers, we don't really, we have a few people that we talk to, but we're kind of alone in the sense we have so many events around such a wide area around the country that we're kind of, we're a bit alone out there with that. Um, but we do talk to people with individual events or maybe two or three events and they're worried about that that event date and trying to postpone it and asking us when we're putting our events on and that kind of thing. But there's nothing much we can do or even tell them about that because we don't know anything until we're told something. But my my, my gut feeling is that um, it might drag on for a little bit longer. I, I'm, I'm hoping in the best possible world we can get back to normal again in September, uh, maybe with some smaller events happening over the summer, like um, like 500 and less, which would be okay for run-through events. Um, in July and August but that's me hoping I, I've no idea
0: yeah that makes sense I mean what sources are you using to track the progress so you know when Jenny could be safe to start hosting events again
1: yeah our, our information comes directly from the same place that you guys will, will, will see it so the the government and, and those updates that's the only thing that we see it's the only information that we're getting uh, I I also think that football is something that we should look out for because if the football season restarts, that means fans are going to go to the grounds to watch the games. If the fans can't go to the ground to watch the games, then the clubs can't afford to run, so they won't be able to have the games. So maybe not the Premier League, because you can put that on TV and have people play with no fans and the money's still there for that. But when you get to the Championship, like League One, League Two, it's those fixtures that we're looking at and going, when they're doing it, we're doing it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I think like you, I'm sort of, would liked uh, you know in an ideal world for things to sort of start sort of sooner rather than later and i've got london which is postponed until october but yeah. as you've heard recently with berlin math and being postponed which is i think the month before i mean even before that i was kind of thinking mm, potentially london could be postponed for next year because i just think it's just going to take just time for different governments and different countries to kind of be, be comfortable on you know got this the vaccine etc so
1: I, I, yeah, I'd so with The Berlin situation, I think there's a lot more to it than just it, the date itself. I know the government have said no events over 5,000 before this date, but it, it's the biggest event in Berlin. Like It closes all the streets off in the centre of, of the city. It's a huge event. So they've been consulted about this. They, have to, they would have had to a been. And there must be other reasons for it, like people not being able to plan and work safely in the build-up to it to make sure they're prepared for that event to happen at that scale. So if they're putting that event on and all their staff say a furlough, for example, they can't work to plan for that event. So they'll get to September and they'll go, oh no, we haven't done all these things which need to happen for the event to go ahead. So we can't do it. So there's more to it. I think. Whereas London was already organized. They had all the plans in place. Everything's been done planning up for April. So the bulk of their work up until March is done. So they've got a month left of work. So if the country can get back moving again in September time, then, October makes complete sense for London Marathon, and obviously Germany are different. to us, different country, different setup, different size, different populations. So we can look at it and say that's what they're doing, but it's it's not the UK. It's different.
0: Yeah, on one hand I, I agree with you, but I think on the other hand it's a, kind of like who jumps first, really, who's going to be yeah. the first event <laughs> to go, and who, and who wants to, who's going to be brave enough to do it. So it's, yeah, it's,
1: it's I I don't know. Um, I think everyone who wants to run just hopes that it stays on, but also in the back of their mind are thinking it's not going to happen. And they're kind of like saying it's a write-off. So that means the training takes a back seat and then you get people who have put their training to the back seat because it's not going to happen in their minds, don't want it to happen. So then there's a lot of people talking about it not happening and then it might not happen because the public will is against it, if you know what I mean. So it's kind of like, um, but again, like all this pales into insignificance compared to the actual Threat to human life, so like it's yeah. we're, we're talking about events to make people come together and and enjoy life where people aren't having life right now. So it's um it's perspective.
0: Yeah, I know I agree with you. I think perspective is key, but then at the same time you got to appreciate runners. They've put a lot of time into it. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's, it's like you don't put your head up by the parapet and say like I'm actually disappointed because then you someone who will be like, well, do you not realise the cost of human life and that kind of stuff? But no fair know, comment it's got you know it, it's a, it's a fair thing so I, I think we're all kind of trying to manage it and, and be as respectful to each side as possible but um it's going to be interesting to see which major starts first um when when it all kind of when it's safe to when it's safe to go again um now when racing does resume um whenever that, is. <laughs> what, do you, what do you visualize this going to look like do you think, i mean with your race do you think there might be like staggered starts even more than before or... <laughs> yeah I,
1: mean... I have been thinking about that you know i've been thinking <laughs> okay so what's a social distancing 10k look like and thinking about doing ways for the start maybe having obviously we send race packs out in the post for some events we have it collection on the day for some events we have to then send every race pack collection out in advance of the race itself, which means we have to get all the tickets sold a lot before the event itself to get those out to people. Um, and then on the day itself, we, we had a bit of a, a point in time where we were just before the transition of everyone going, right, social distancing, stay at home, that sort of stuff. We had a few large events happen and we were preparing for that by bringing like sanitizer, having um, different rules in place for the, the waves like obviously reducing them for one. Um, it, it was difficult, but yeah, there's loads of things that you could probably do. Uh, there's probably some crazy ones you could think of. I was thinking like, do you set everyone off individually and it becomes a time trial event like cycling? Yeah. Or does it, like, I don't think people would want that or would they? And then if you pass someone and it's a narrow path, like how does that play out? Like, it, it's It's difficult, but I think the recent news about the app that they're talking about um, I'm not too sure how that will integrate into into normal life, but I imagine there could be a scenario where you have to show that you've got, like a, I don't know, you haven't got corona, you've had corona and it's it's passed on um, for you to enter an event or to be at an event and having to build different admin processes is for that to happen, but we're willing to do what it takes to make sure that everyone gets back to doing what they normally do.
0: I mean, it's health and safety, which is a priority, but it seems like it's going to... If it went down that way, it'd be such a big headache because you think, you know, <laughs> how are you going to keep runners at a distance? I mean, what about the crowds? I mean, you <laughs> yeah. You know, you guys are pretty involved and enthusiastic, so you can't shake their hands or you can't... Mate, like, it's
1: so it's hard. That's, it's been the hardest thing for me in this situation. Like, I'm a, I'm a really, like, uh, tactile person. I'll hug people, I'll give them a handshake, like, I just, just the way I am. And having to take that step back is difficult. I even have the thing where I'm saying, I will give you a hug, but I can't now because of corona, so I'm not doing it, and I'm trying to, like... I try to think of ways around it and even on a run the other day I was thinking about another way to clap people or high-five people like without high-fiving them like I was thinking like i was even put my hand in the air trying to like I don't know like pat my chest and then put my hand up and is that like a new high-five I don't know but um there's gonna be a way around it somehow
0: it's gonna be awkward if they don't see you You doing the movement and then (laughs) you're just (laughs) waiting yeah We'll figure it out as it, when it all sort of goes back to normal, whenever that is. Now, as, before I wrap up, um, COVID 19, I just want to talk more about you personally rather than the racing. Um, it's hit a pause button in our life, and when the play button does resume, what changes, oh, not changes, but I mean, what sort of things have you reflected on uh, during this time, and what sort of things do you think you'll implement in your running and your life moving forward?
1: No, good. Um, like. My life normally is so go go go. I like have got so many events that are happening, and I'm always thinking about them in terms of like the staffing of them and the getting there to the event, the sales of them, the marketing, and the community managing that as well to make sure that's okay. So there's a lot going on. So I don't really think about myself as much as I should. And then during this period, I've I realized that I'm only getting out for like two or three runs a week normally, and my knees are so bad at this point in time that I have to kind of manage that process. So what I've started doing is stretching every day so for the last 10 days I've stretched every day with like a a class and an app and I I found that really like it's different and I think I'll keep it up I think I'll keep myself stretched and a bit more supple than I normally am because I'm one of those people where I can't really touch my toes and it's it's not the best for for running um but yeah apart from that in terms of a running perspective uh, there's not not much else I, I I still think everything that we're doing with run through and everything that we want to do in the future can still happen and I'm not um worried about that. And I'm quite actually quite excited to see what happens off the back of this and, and where the, the land lay lies in twenty twenty
0: one. I know you talked about the injury, but I guess I guess the irony in it as well is that in this sort of time where you can't host running events, at least you're going back to your running, which is gonna be <laughs> a, a good thing. So. Yeah, man,
1: yeah, no. No, I, I wish I could do more. I I've had this I've had two knee operations on my left knee and Every time I, I think I overcompensate, my right knee swells up now. So it's like, I can't win. I bet everyone's got issues and uh, mine are probably really small, but uh, that's, my, that's my grind anyway.
0: No, that's fair enough. And for people that sort of take part in your races or, you know, in other races or, you know, who are training and haven't got anything at the moment, what advice would you give them to sort of stay focused and motivated during the current situation?
1: Well, there's lots of, like... You can hope that this race is going to happen in October, November time, but we'll. I think we can probably almost guarantee there's going to be something next March and April, and and currently that's a year away. But if you can put together a training plan over a year and get yourself in the best possible shape for those big races, it, it, it's the best scenario for you. So like, why not maybe take on a coach or take us some advice off someone who knows what they're talking about in running? reach out and ask them some questions on Instagram, just drop a message saying, you know what you're talking about. What shall I do for this? And then see where that goes and just learn and research and, and find out more about running itself so that you can improve yourself. And when it comes to the racing, you'll be in the best possible shape.
0: No, that's great advice. Actually, something my coach said is sort of take this time to build up and just come back stronger for you know, potentially next year. It's almost like a coach's dream, really, because I think, <laughs> you know, just giving you a nice long build up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's never. I mean, we've never really had this sort of situation before, so uh, it's a very unique situation. Uh, Matt, thanks for joining me for today and and uh, just sharing your experience with uh, what's happening in your industry and in your business. Um, where can people find you?
1: We're run through run through UK on an Instagram and Twitter. And personally, I'm a Matt Woodywood on Instagram, and that's probably the best place to find me.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Matt. No, thank you. In the second part of the conversation, I'll now be talking to Sam, who's the co-director of Ultra X. Hi Sam, uh, welcome to a Runners Life Podcast. How you doing, mate?
2: Yeah, I'm very good. Uh well, as well as as well as can be in the uh in the strange times we live in. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm doing well, mate. So uh just trying to make the best of it like yourself.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. It's, it's it's uh it's an interesting time. Um, so Sam's a, a co-founder of the uh, ultra global marathon series called Ultra X and you've got a series of races across the world From Jordan, Mexico, etc. Can you give us an introduction into your company and how you got started?
2: Sure, yes, yeah. so um, Ultra X organizes uh, multi-stage ultra marathons uh, all over the world and um, and the idea is really, um, you know, I, I've done a few ultras, I've done a few marathons, um, and I really felt that the experience of a multi-day race is, you know, it's like nothing else. Um, and I thought, you know, there was a little bit of a gap in terms of um, making this op- the, the opportunity to have this kind of experience more accessible, um, to kind of bring it to... Uh, um, i guess a younger demographic um making it more affordable um encouraging more girls to get involved um and yeah that's kind of that was kind of the original idea and it, we've been doing it for about uh almost well a year and a half now um we've got about five races so mexico sri lanka jordan um the azores uh, and a few more coming uh, coming soon but yeah it's uh it's something which started as a passion project and is now is now completely the full-time thing and um and yeah loving it
0: because you've done quite a few yourself i know you've done mbs as well so i'm sure that's (laughs) a, a bigger influence and
2: yeah it was it's a funny one so i i literally um never done a race or a run or um and probably not the most sensible approach but i um thought it'd be a good idea to sign down for the MBS uh, when I was 22 or 21 at the time. Um, And um, did it, um, and that was kind of supposed to be, you know, a scratch which was going to be itched, and I, you know, tick that, tick that off the list, and then move on. Um, but I think during the process of kind of preparing for the event and then doing it, um, I actually <laughs> I learned to run. Number one, um, I found I was okay at it, and also I realised that, you know, it was just such an awesome uh, experience. Met some cool people, um, and kind of got to the end of it, and didn't have that oh god i'm so glad i've done that i it was like straight away you know it was it was straight away like what what's next um so so it took about a year after that and i was always i always want to do my own start my own business as well so it it was kind of those two things uh and they were i guess they were two different paths and then i met Uh, A guy called Jamie, who's now my business partner, who uh, set up a race in Jordan, um, a five-day multi-stage race, which is called the Wadi Rum Ultra. Um, And he was the same age as me. Um, And even though he's not a runner, we share very similar passions in terms of like, um, we love adventure. We really want to get more people involved in it. Um, And we both wanted to kind of run our own business. Um, so we basically got talking and one thing led to another and Wadi Rum Ultra became Ultra X Jordan and now we got a series so uh, yeah that's the kind of background and I guess it did all start with uh, with MDS uh, back four four and a bit years ago. That's amazing to start and jump into (laughs) a big
0: race now for those that don't know MDS it's the and Saab it's a multi-stage race how far is it and how many days? Uh,
2: So it's I think it's around about they, they they actually i think they change it slightly every year um and they actually don't tell you until you arrive in uh, morocco um you get off the plane you get even a roadboat but i think it's generally about 260 kilometers in six days um and actually the most difficult thing its and it's in the obviously in the middle of the sahara desert but actually the most difficult thing um what i found the most difficult thing was that you have to carry all your own food uh your own sleeping bag everything you need to survive for the week so not only is it amazingly like physically tough you're constantly in this huge calorie deficit because you've got to basically skimp on food because you've got to carry it um, and I mean, I, I, I it was actually <laughs> yesterday was the fourth year I got reminded for, on Facebook, the fourth year anniversary of it. And I was looking at photos and it's terrifying, like how much weight I lost. I mean, I, I'm not kind of a big bloke, but, um, even over the course of that kind of six days, um, I mean, I must've lost close to 10 kilos. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of scary really.
0: I mean, like you say, you've got to carry all your food. You've got to carry all your weight, and then you've got to provide evidence of the amount mm. of calories in your food. So it's pretty <laughs> yeah. tough. And like just imagining going to your race, it's kind of similar in terms of distance, but you don't have to carry uh, like your food supplies. Is that right?
2: yeah so we we basically i mean our our central uh i guess our tenet as I kind of say uh is accessibility so and we try and I, I and mean, the main thing for me is is the price point like MDS is crazy crazy expensive it's yeah. it probably works out about five grand and and I had it in my head when I was kind of young that you know I was so committed I was so like um driven to do this i was but li- i was literally saving up every single month i'd take a bit out of my uh, out of my salary and i had a decent grad job which kind of paid for it um but yeah i mean it, it just puts off so many people and i found when i did it that you know 75% of the people were 20 years older than me um you know um do at a very different stage of life whereas i thought you know actually most 20 to 35 year olds would love this um, but they just you know it's just so expensive and it's it's so it's so difficult so one of the biggest reasons behind ultra x is the the price point um and to make it accessible and then every decision we make around uh, like logistics race structure is then tries to tries to be around accessibility yeah. so that was like a really easy decision we could make we we're like okay What's going to make it easier for people to do this? Yeah. Okay. They, they, they want their own food, but actually can we, can we maybe carry it across campsites because that's, you know, it's, t- it's 10 kilos off your back, but it's also, um, you know, it's just that extra thing you can look forward to at the end of each day. Um, and well yeah, we've it's been really interesting actually getting that feedback from customers uh, and runners who've done our events. That they ju- it's just an extra thing they don't have to think about. Um, so yeah, that's definitely uh, so one of, one of the things we kind of offer um, to kind of yeah to make it easier for people to to come out. And we get and we get a lot of first timers um, doing it. We really try and um, you know market the fact that you know truly anyone can do this. Um, I think there are I think there are a lot of events out there um, that have made themselves on, you know, saying we're, we're the toughest. You know, you've got to be like so tough to do this. You, you know, you, most people can do this. And, and, and it's really like macho. And, um, and uh, I've just been always a bit off put by that because I don't. Firstly, I don't think it's true. And I think it actually scares a lot of people away um and creates a bit of a not i think it does create a bit of a negative image um so we've obviously we've always been quite conscious about okay this is a you know it's a serious undertaking but actually you can do this um you don't need to be you don't need to be superhuman you don't need to give up your social life you don't need to give up drinking um you can you can fit this in and still come out uh, and in you know four months, go from go from zero to hero and cross that finish line five days later, having covered two fifty kilometers. And it, yeah, it's incredible the the um, the kind of p- the, the the you know the experience that people get when they do that because you know they realise they're they're capable of things they you know they never thought they were.
0: Yeah, that's really powerful, and I like the fact when you sort of say we talk about the MDS, for example, and then just races across the world, like. The thing that I found when I did the half version was that mm. I was running in such a beautiful place. And like yeah. you say, it's like not everyone gets a chance to do it. Then once you get get the chance to do it, you actually realise, although it is challenging, you don't need to be superhuman. Even though yeah. numbers are big in terms of the miles that you run, you're not sprinting. You know, mm. you can, if you get into a steady pace, you can, you'd can be surprised actually how far you can go, how long you can keep mm. going for. Um, yeah. And just repeat it day by day. And like you're saying, you don't need to be superhuman, you just need to just want to do it and have a sense of adventure and if you've got good people around you as well it it makes it an incredible adventure yeah yeah as
2: well i think i think that's the one thing i mean because i remember when i did mds um and that was like the first i guess the first event i'd done but i because everyone sees marathons and sees road events you kind of understand what um, you know, the environments alike, and I remember lining up and I, I it was like a, a little ultra, I think it was like a 40, 40 mile thing just outside of London, which I'd been told to do is like build up. as like practice and just the, the start line atmosphere is just so different because as soon as you change the perception um, of the competitor from, you know, a time or your splits or something else to, um, or you, I, I just want to finish. And, and it's it, that's what it's about you know it's about getting to the finish line rather than getting to the finish line in a certain time because you know if you do an ultra x no one's going to say oh you know marcus what was we were you 30 hours or 35 you know they people don't care they say did you do it um and i think that really changes the the view of the competitor because rather than competing against other people they're all in it together um which creates this like you know, shared um, shared experience. And I think that's the other thing, when you add in the kind of the multi-stage elements of it, that, you know, it's over two, three, four days and people are having these experiences together. Um, it's it's pretty special. And, and these people do come out having known, no, you know, nobody. Most people, you know, sign up and do it as an individual thing, but they come out with like, you know, mates that they will have, for lives like the, the guys i did mbs with are my tent mates are yeah we I mean, we speak to each other every few months
0: yeah i can imagine that i mean it's a, an amazing bonding experience and you get to know people pretty well um yeah. it's an experience and uh yeah i, I can <laughs> rel- relate oh, to everything <laughs> <laughs> exactly um but yeah it's, it's, it's incredibly bonding for sure now Moving on to sort of the current events, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the current situation. Now, Tokyo Marathon, I think, it was one of the first that um, obviously began to sort of show some of the changes, where they um, said no to the general uh, runners and just yes to mm. the elite runners. Mm. Um, can you sort of talk about the sort of knock on that had and your your races that you had and the logistical impact it's had on your races so far?
2: yeah it kind mean, of all kind of escalated pretty quickly i remember sitting there when tokyo called off and i think i think the same as probably most people in the uk they were kind of shocked um and and like competitors were kind of angry um and and then suddenly you know a month later um we are kind of having to call off things uh, left right and center but it was uh, it was amazing how quickly it, it kind of escalated. i mean i was saying to you a minute before we um, before we started marcus but we basically we had um, an event ultra extra lanka at the end of march which was um kind of i mean it was there was there was about a four-day period in the uk where It went from, um, you know, this thing called coronavirus is about and it's potentially quite dangerous to suddenly, you know, we're going into lockdown tomorrow. Um, And that was pretty much exactly, you know, two weeks before our event. Um, We went from, you know, the Monday morning where we were kind of we had like our team meeting and we sent out an email to all the competitors, all the crew basically saying, you know, we're still going ahead. There's no reason, like, borders were all open. Uh, Sri Lanka had, had, I think, one case, but it was, um, but it it'd, it'd actually, I think, it had been dealt with. Um, you know, these are the changes we're making. Um, we're still going ahead. And then on the Wednesday, we had another meeting, and the atmosphere was very different. It was like, God, guys, we, we could actually have to cancel it. And then two days later, it was just com- it was a complete no-brainer. Like it, the the question, the fact that we'd been even questioning, um, you know, holding an event in this situation um, was kind of changed. So yeah, we we had to cancel or we had to postpone Ultra Sri Lanka. Um, then we were supposed to have the Azores, which would have been this weekend, same weekend as London Marathon, uh, which has also been postponed to September and this week we've actually had to make the decision that we had a relay uh, we were organizing alongside tribe um the nutrition company this june and we've also had to push that back um so yeah it's uh it's kind of tricky times for, for event organizers
0: i think that's really interesting sort of hearing that perspective now when hmm. i first heard the news i'm probably guilty of it like many others i didn't probably give the current situation the respect it deserved yeah I' still, okay, well, you know I'll
2: still train, I'll still race um, i don't I don't so... think anyone did though i i think uh, particularly in the u k because you know so much of what we dictated by the media and it was just you know this this you know this thing is happening in a different part of the world and and a lot of people are panicking about it, and yeah, I don't think anyone's particularly to blame for that but uh yeah i i mean we we were we were all exactly the same um and it's and it's crazy how quickly yeah how quickly it changes yeah
0: i mean are you in contact with other sort of race directors and what was their sort of general attitude towards the events and sort of re- setting, yeah, I mean, it, it,
2: yeah a lot of um a lot of what we kind of have to do is um you know based on discussions with others and and you do basically go on um go on uh, i guess president set by you know the big the big events. Um, the difficulty is obviously that we 're not anywhere near mass participation, and actually um, our events are generally between fifty and one hundred people um, in the middle of, in the middle of nowhere so in terms of in terms of isolation, our events are basically isolation for a week but uh, yeah you 've you've, you've got to basically um, follow what other events are doing and follow the advice of the government um, which is can be tricky particularly if you're organizing um you know events all over the world because and Sri Lanka was a, was a kind of perfect example because um two weeks out from Sri Lanka our borders were open the UK uh, foreign office advice was you know no reason not to do anything out of uh, you know um, uh, out of the ordinary um Sri Lankan um foreign office was absolutely fine you know we're, we're still green and um, we've still got no issues uh, coronavirus hasn't hasn't hit us yet um all borders are open um and then there were some like nationalities who are getting in touch with us who'd, who'd obviously been already affected uh and who are already getting into lockdown um and so you've got to think about not only the countries you're operating in um but the companies the countries your competitors are operating in um but in terms, I mean, we generally go on the UK government advice. Um, but but especially, but I mean, for some, some things like events, it's really difficult because there is no explicit, you know, there's nothing saying um, you're not allowed a 500 person event until this day. Um, there's just, you know, your general public information, um, which is, you know, we're in lockdown for the next three weeks but 3 weeks isn't isn't really enough to like plan events um i think uk athletics have come out and said um that no no mass participation in sports um are allowed until the end of May. Uh interestingly UK triathlon have said the end of June. Um, I'm not quite sure what the difference is, uh why triathlon's um potentially more dangerous. Um but then like countries like um Germany came out yesterday um and announced that uh they wouldn't be allowing mass participation until October. So Berlin Marathon has had the call off as a result of that. Um, strangely, I don't think they were actually informed before the announcement was made. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're basically is trying to keep our finger on the buzzer. Um, and at the moment, we've got an event in July, at the end of July. Uh, an event in october and event in november um the event in july we're very much you know it's a bit of a 50 50 um but we're confident that it it can it can go ahead at the moment um and then october and november you know we're we're planning to go ahead as normal but um yeah we've basically just got to monitor the situation as closely we can listen listen to the experts and um and try and keep our competitors informed as much as possible. I think that's the, um, the the really important thing. And I think um, I kind of mentioned it to you uh, earlier and and actually the running community is great because they're so understanding. Um, But essentially no one has been through this before this is like this it's completely unprecedented for everyone and actually as long as we're completely transparent and as long as we let everyone know you know this is the situation we're in you know we really want to put it on but but if we have to we will cancel or we will postpone it and we really don't want to do that but I think as long as people are kept informed uh, and you're completely honest people really appreciate that Um, and yeah as I say we've kind of we've had to cancel three events um, and I've been amazed and you know it's always a really difficult thing and we hate doing it Um, but like you send that email and you kind of wait <laughs> you know you're getting a bit nervous and you get these you actually get these amazing replies from people being like you know completely great decision completely understand thank you for you know thank you for letting me defer um so yeah it's um it's difficult but fortunately uh our customers are generally pretty good about the situation um which makes makes it all a lot easier
0: although you sort of said well uh numbers may be so not comparable to say like uh like a, a large scale marathon city marathon for mm. example you've still got the additional challenge though it's still pretty permanent of the travel situation so people yeah. could potentially travel somewhere couldn't get home so i mean you've got that responsibility probably more yeah. so which, which you feel so
2: oh yeah um, I And mean, that was actually so when we when we actually um said to the sri lanka competitors um that the event was going to be off this year. And that was actually before the UK government and before the Sri Lankan government had actually said, I mean, the when we called it off, it technically could have gone ahead. Um, but, you know, we we jumped because we had a concern that we were going to get halfway through the event and then the lockdown would come into place and we'd have to, and, and also the competitors wouldn't have known because, you know, they're in the middle of nowhere. They've got no comms. Uh, and we'd have all known that they weren't going to be allowed out of the country or they were going to be allowed back into their country and be put into, you know, complete quarantine for 14 days. So, yeah, those are the kind of decisions you've got to make. And um, and I think with these things, actually, um, it's much better to be on the safe side, like at the end of the day. Um, you don't want to be seen as 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 kind of reckless, or um, you know, make, putting putting people at danger. Um, so yeah, it's always uh, it's always the right thing to do to urge on the side of caution.
0: Now, obviously, I appreciate a lot of people are going to be disappointed um because they've done a lot of effort, training-wise, and yeah, mm. um, but they know that you're not doing it maliciously, and it's you know for a wider the wider good. Now, I mean, what sources are you using to to track the progress of like COVID-19 and in particular, like when do you think it'll be safe to uh, race again?
2: Um, so, yeah, we, we follow, follow um, UK um, government advice as kind of first and foremost. And then we follow the specific um, in-country, um, you know, government or um, kind of health organization equivalent um, in each of the countries we kind of operate in. Um which which is mixed because generally the companies countries the opposite are doing are doing different things um in terms of you know future events um it's it's really difficult to predict um you know where we've got um an event in july which is still going ahead and an event in october uh, and november i'm very confident that october and november will be absolutely fine um you know we're not we're not kind of mass participation um the one in july is is 50 50 i mean there's there's so much uncertainty around at the moment and i don't think anyone can say with certainty um that you know it will definitely go ahead i mean people are people some people are talking about mass participation not going ahead nothing this year um which i think might be you know quite quite extreme but um yeah, at this stage, it's it's really difficult predict, to predict. And, and I think even, I mean, even WHO, even the UK government, <laughs> I mean, we're basically working in four-week windows. Um, so it's, yeah, we're not kind of, we're not going to be launching anything new unless it's virtual in the next kind of, uh, for, for a while. Um, but on the plus side, people are definitely, there's definitely an appetite for, um doing things in the long term we're seeing kind of a lot of people interested in 2021 stuff because i think they want to they want to have something to look forward to when it's all over
0: yeah for sure uh, it's interesting you t- talked about sort of your um, feelings about this year now for hmm. me i've got the london marathon and it's postponed until october but then yeah. news we spoke about with berlin which is basically the yeah. month before it's kind of put things into kind of a little bit of doubt um I don't want to be pessimistic. I'm still training for an October London, but I'm also mindful that it potentially could be deferred until next year. I'm Not hoping, but I'm just going to be just be mentally preparing for that. Now, yeah. obviously, we don't know this kind of thing. I mean, it's going to be take it's going to take time for the vaccine to come out and you know different sort of um, tests and things like that to and things to be satisfied before sort of you know uh, governments are happy. And to allow these things to to restart now, whilst no one knows for sure, I mean, do you think it'll probably be next year, maybe until it 's safe to race? I mean, I know you 're hoping for this year for the events, but what's your sort of thoughts on that
2: on on whether we we host new event events this year, sorry yeah. Um, we we 've got events in October and November which we 're confident will will go ahead um one thing we 're seeing um i mean obviously because of the amount of uncertainty over travel um we 're seeing you know sales be hit kind of badly because people don 't know whether they're you know these events are going ahead um but as as i kind of i kind of say i'm i 'm not an expert um i i I, I hope and you'd think with all the kind of mass participation events, which have been delayed till the kind of um, October to December, I think mean, it's mental, there's going to be going to be a big event every weekend. Um, yeah. I kind of hope that by that kind of time frame, we'll be well past the peak and, um, and, and we'll have kind of come up with, I think they'll, they'll, the events will be different a hundred percent. There'll be, there'll be changes brought in um, to kind of try and make them safer Um but uh I'm I'm confident that they'll go ahead. I I saw uh there's an article in the New York Times this morning where Jay DeSena um came out and said he's he, he's confident that July the first he's got an event then is gonna happen. I'm not sure about that, but um we will see.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty optimistic to be honest. Um and they like yeah. touched upon it there about races the way that they 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 organise and go ahead may change. I mean, what do you visualise that will look like? especially like for your race for example
2: well it's funny because uh i mean i'm mentioning Sri Lanka a lot here but um yeah because kind of at at one point we were gonna go ahead with it um amidst coronavirus being elsewhere in the world but hadn't hadn't really affected us yet um and we basically planned a lot of um i mean basically hygiene things um really being hot on hand hygiene staff um you know extra extra port um, no be allowed to touch um certain aspects different kind of um areas in the campsite etc um so i think i think a lot of uh, events essentially will um change to try and you know increase i guess social distancing reduce you know people touching touching hands um i think in, in a lot of ultras we're going to see less you know aid stations with food all over the place i think people are going to be either encouraged to bring their own food uh, and um and own water bottles as well so that you kind of you reduce the risk of sharing um i think i mean i'm <laughs> i'm always one of those race directors who at the end of you know the week uh mainly because now, now i kind of feel i know everyone um who's done one of our races i'm usually the kind of person who gives that gives a hug and a medal i don't know if i'm going to be able to do that um anymore but um yeah i think i think there will be lots of changes and i think the um people are now so conscious of um social distancing and hand hygiene and um and keeping and and kind of having having this in their normal life i think people's attitudes to to races is going to change as well um but yeah it'll be be interesting to see i mean i've seen some quite um inventive ones come up whether um they do like staggered starts for mass protestation events you have like lots of different corrals and you know you have lots of different start times um yeah, but it, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. And I think virtual virtual races is going to going to kick off. I think a lot of people more we're going to see a lot more of them. But do you think
0: that's almost like socially responsible on the one hand because there's not a lot of guidance. say, say in the UK where they say you can go out for one say exercise, and you hear conflicting reports about how long you're allowed to exercise for. And then yeah. people doing like virtual marathons, virtual ultras, you know. Like, uh, yeah That's boss, yeah.
2: No. yeah i know it, it, it's difficult and it, it comes down to that thing again i think uh i think the uk government's been great in some respects and i think that they're, they're, they're very conscious about you know they don't want to come a militant state and say you've got to do this and, and but it, when they say things like you're allowed about well, once a day what what is once a day like is that you know you see people going for like 10 hour cycle rides um yeah. and i think i think the technical guidance is you know in line with normal activities um yeah we i, I think you know exercise is, is really important and i think uh, firstly for mental health and i think secondly for like uh, you, your own well-being and i think if we weren't allowed out um you know it just it, w- it wouldn't be good for us um but i think yeah we've definitely got a, a responsibility and especially by organizing events to consider this. Um so we are doing virtual events, but we have consciously made the decision to (laughs) keep them keep them pretty short because um obviously our usual thing is ultras. Um but yeah we don't really want to encourage people to be going um out for long periods of time. Um so I think I think yeah you've got to kind of consider the situation in it. But I do think um you know making sure people stay active um, have you know um things they're excited about have have things which um give them kind of goals to train for um and let them feel like they're doing a race or they're part of a community is really important um so yeah that's kind of where we where we sit on that
0: yeah i agree with that because i think in these kind of times like having a routine or something to aim <laughs> for each day no matter yeah. how small or big is pretty important so yeah you know, the virtual races are a good thing now going on to that with the pause in business <laughs> i can imagine it's having like quite a significant impact on your bottom line um yeah and you talked about uh the virtual race series mm-hmm. um is this i mean can you just tell us a little bit about what uh, activities you're doing just to keep people moving and just trying to keep the business going
2: yeah, so, I mean, we're, in a sense, we're lucky. We're, we're a super lean operation. Essentially, we're me, Jamie and Chris, that is the team. So, we're all working from home at the moment and actually we're, we're pretty lean, um, especially when, especially when we can't organize events. Um, so, at the moment, we're really, actually, we're super busy um, basically trying to find as many ways as we can to um, create uh, also To interact with our community as much as possible, like we we kind of started Ultra X with the vision that you know you would create a community. So when you sign down for an event, it wouldn't be just you would turn up on the start line, um, not not knowing anyone, and then you know the race would finish five days later and that would be it. You know, we always wanted to create something where you sign down for an Ultra X, and that is you know that it's an experience throughout, and you feel connected. Um, so actually, it's been a really good. Um, do more virtual stuff where we interact with people so we've almost (laughs) pivoted to become like almost content media um company pushing out loads more uh blog posts pushing out loads more social media um doing you know videos um and also doing our first um kind of virtual races which um, i've always been a little skeptical of um but we did one as a bit of a test um last weekend uh we did it 14.1 kilometers because we thought an odd race for an odd time makes sense um
1: yeah
2: and it was a huge success and people absolutely loved it and um really got involved and um and so yeah on the back of that we've decided to uh launch a series uh so three races uh, and a final um and give people kind of something to look forward to i mean it's not it's not really a kind of a money spinner for us it's it's basically just an opportunity to you know keep on interacting with people and keep on being you know keep on busy being busy and um and um you know growing our reach um and also this is kind of in um in partnership or raising money for nhs uh, charities um as well so that's obviously really important to us um as well
0: now no one obviously look at this situation I think it's a great time to be in because obviously it's stopping your business and growing and that sort of side but mm. what sort of, you talked about obviously uh, looking at the social media side, expanding the sort of the virtual community, I mean mm. what's and what I'm trying to ask is do you think there's been any sort of positive elements of this situ- situation in terms of expanding
2: the business or just getting the word out there? Um, I mean there's a, there's a lot of things which have been pipeline projects um i think the funny thing about um the situation we're in now because there's no deadlines because nobody knows when this is going to end because nobody um you know knows what what what's going to happen and when suddenly we're in a situation where usually you know we're working for this has to be done by this date suddenly that's all gone so all of these pipeline projects that have kind of been on the back burner whether it's you know developing the website or building this specific thing or writing this post is actually now getting done and we're having a lot of um i mean i'm finding out myself having a million and one Zoom calls. I'm sure, I'm sure you are as well. But we, I'm actually having lots more conversations with you know different brands and different people. So I think, um, yeah, at the moment we're really like we're we're basically jogging on the spot and and kind of planning for the future. But I'm I'm super confident that you know when we get to the end of this, um, we're going to be a really really strong position. Um, I think 2021 is going to be a massive year for us, um, and I think. Um, I think our audience as well um, you know this time of kind of self-reflection isolation um, they'll really kind of start what you, you, you realize the, the important things and you start to appreciate actually you know how, how great being able to you know travel and go outside and and, and I think that will definitely um, you know bode well for us so um, yeah I'm kind of confident we'll be we'll be okay once it's all over. Good to hear.
0: And as you touched mm. upon it, you know, there's been a pause button pressed for everyone, mm. and we're having to sort of be still. And although we're kind of uh, physically isolated, we can still connect on my phone calls, but it's not really the same thing. Now, when we hit the play button, whenever that is, mm. um, and you've had time to reflect and things, just putting sort of running to one side, I mean, what sort of changes will you implement
2: in your own life personally? What sort of things have you reflected on? <laughs> that's a that's a that's a good question um i'm i'm i mean i think the being um uh having having so much control over your routine um is a really good opportunity to create habit um and i think obviously the kind of the thing about habit is it's you've got to do it every day and then and then it becomes a habit and it becomes something you you do and i think um this is an amazing opportunity for everyone you know because you're in the same house every day you don't have the out the time to commute um you don't have um you know a million and one other things to do you don't have to travel to the pub see your mate. you don't have to do this um and I think it's a really good opportunity to develop um you know really good habits um so I'm kind of I think I think there are things which I've found myself doing uh, whether it's like meditating whether it's uh reading a little more that. I reckon I will do more um, after the lockdown um, than, uh, than before. And I think also connecting with people, like um, as I kind of alluded to a minute ago, because suddenly it's socially acceptable to, you know, have a you know video call uh, with a few drinks and and kind of rather than going, you know, because we can't go, go to the pub or go wherever. Um, I found myself catching up with a load of people because, you know, we don't need to go for a drink to catch up. We just jump on a phone call, um, and I think I think that's actually going to be really good for for us. Um, and I think the whole working environment is going to change as well because suddenly everyone realises that you don't need to, you know, um, work from an office or um, be in the same place. And I think um, I think that's something which will have a big impact um, on yeah people's people's day to days. I mean, I, I, I don't think. I don't think we'll ever go back to working you know, five days a week um, in the office as a, as a company, as a team, just because it's actually made very little difference to our day-to-day uh, at Ultra X. So I think, um, and I think a lot of companies will be the same.
0: It's really interesting to hear that because I think some people may get the wrong impression in terms of when you sort of think what things new you're going to do mm-hmm. during this time, what things are you going to learn? to think, oh, it means, like, I need to learn a new language or I need to learn yeah. a completely new skill, like, I need to learn how to become a carpenter. Now we're saying <laughs> that. I think what you said quite perfectly is it's you've just basically looked at what you've done mm. and you're, like, refining it. You're thinking, oh, could I do that a little bit better? Or do you know what I mean? There's yeah. minor changes um, in terms of being more mindful of your time, the things that you put effort into, and just talking about connection. And I think it's made people appreciate Connection, human connection, a lot more. Mm. Um, so I think um, once it's physical, you know, physical distancing sort of stops and we can all go out, I think you know, you know, that would be a sort of good thing moving forward. Um, now, for people who um, enjoy racing and <laughs> know, just, just due to kind of the current situation we find ourselves in, what yeah. sort of advice would you give them to sort of stay focused at the moment uh, they their training?
2: Yeah, I think I mean. There's a, there's actually a lot of things, and I think I'd be pretty pretty excited almost because I, I think as, as a runner myself, like you've always got um, you know a goal, you've always got something, and this is actually I think it's a really good opportunity to, for runners to kind of just build that build that base, get you know get a bit of kind of S and C going, get doing those things you don't usually do, um, and and kind of. Um, yeah just just maybe um you know going out and and not taking a watch for once and and not following the routine of a training plan and kind of trying to remember why you why you originally got into it um and I think on the on the kind of motivation side um I mean I I think it's it's if if you're kind of the kind of person I, I definitely am that you know you want goals there's lots of um goals you can set yourself um whether it's going for a 5k pb or whether it's you know stealing that home segment on strava there's lots of things you can um you can do that can kind of keep you motivated and i i I do think you know it's it's really it's you know it's a bit crap having having not race in your calendar for a while but it's it's definitely not it doesn't have to be a bad thing for your, for your kind of feel running and for your personal fitness and, um, and I think the other thing is that it's actually a really good opportunity to recover. Like we've all got, um, you know, we're not commuting. You've got more recovery time available. Um, if you, if you focus on sleep, focus on routine, focus on, you know, eating well and and we'll hopefully we'll get to a point that by the end of it, you know, you'll you're ready to go and actually you might be in better neck than than you haven't have been for a for a very long time. Returning to
0: the joy of why you run, mm. you know, can actually make things much stronger when you when races do return. And um I just think what's happened is now is that just the world's become a lot smaller in terms of like what we can focus on and what we can control um and i think even though it's got smaller there's still things you can do mm. even if it's like minor things um and i just think just finding those those things that you can focus on so it might have been like a 5k race but you might not do the 5k race but each day it might be i'm gonna you know, do x amount of walking and running yeah, and it's still something you can control. Yeah, it's still something like you said. Like, just go out go out the watch. Um, and I've been doing that more in my easy runs recently. Just, just not really paying attention to it because yeah. like, you sometimes you can train but not be consciously aware of where you are and just the things and the sights around you. So I think that's a really good point that you make there. Um, Sam, it's been great having you on uh, and chatting. So uh, I feel like we could probably chat for a bit longer but um i think i'm a- a conscious of your time as well
2: no worries uh, before, isn't we it's
0: been... up, uh, before we wrap up um where can people find you online and um
2: sure so uh you can find UltraX at at ultra X co and that's uh facebook twitter and instagram uh and the website is www dot Ultra X co. Uh, that's not com, that's dot co. Uh, and I am, I think you are Sam on Instagram.
0: <laughs> okay. And uh, I know it's a way, way off, but uh, what sort of races have you got planned? What, do you, what in the pipeline that you could potentially tell us about? <laughs> thinking of when, when races do resume uh
2: we've got well so we've got um this year we've still got jordan and mexico they will they will they should happen um that's jordan is in october uh, mexico is in november both amazing amazing races um next year we have the azores uh, in april which is uh, a little bit shorter than our usual 250k races that's 125k in two days um we will also have a relay across Scotland, uh, which will be in June 2021, which was supposed to be this June, is now delayed. Uh, we have, um, so one of the things about Ultra X is that we, um, we basically award points for uh, people who've done our events uh, to qualify for us basically a, a, a world champs equivalent and the uh, world championships or the first ultrax world championships will be launching very soon uh, i can't tell you the location yet but it's going to be amazing um, and that will be in july um 2021 um we're looking at a couple new locations uh one south of so uh, southern Hem- one southern hemisphere and uh one another one in europe um but again i'm afraid i can't can't release the information yet but uh yeah i'm pretty excited about them Lot- lots lots of uh lots of cool things coming up
0: no it sounds exciting i appreciate sure you can't go into details but, uh, <laughs> it just gives like a flavor of like what's going to be coming up when races do resume and uh think that people can get involved with Sam, has been great chatting to you. Thanks for your time. It's been a pleasure, mate.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Matt and Sam, for the conversations and for sharing your experiences during this challenging time. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please leave your review to show your support for the podcast. If you've got any questions, please get in touch with me on my Instagram page at TheMarathonMarcus, or one word. Thank you for listening and keep running.